Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Paul's epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4, and reading for our text, verse 19. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. The church at Philippi had been formed following the Lord's direction for Paul and Silas to first go to Macedonia. The way had been stopped up for them to go to Asia and by Bithynia and it had been opened up through a vision that Paul had come over into Macedonia and help us. And we think of the account of how Paul was the instrument in the saving of Lydia who were amongst those that gathered by the riverside for prayer and also the jailer Philippine jailer and his family when Paul and Silas were cast into prison. The Lord opened the prison doors with an earthquake. The jailer, fearing for his life, thinking the prisoners were escaped, was about to kill himself and Paul stayed him, said that we're all here and the well-known words of the jailer says, what must I do? to be saved and the response believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and it was spoken to all of his household and the Lord blessed that beginning of this church and obviously made them to really love the Apostle Paul love his ministry uh, to minister to him where other churches were not and when Paul here was in Rome and bound with a chain and not able to supply his needs. They had sent Epaphroditus to him uh, with uh, that provision and he, now that Epaphroditus was not well and he was sending him back, he sent him back with this uh, letter of, uh, of thanks and as they had supplied his need, so he is saying here, but my God shall supply all your need. What a reminder it is when we have others supplying our need to think, well, though they are looking to the Lord for help and their provision, we must never think that just because others provide for our needs, that then, well, they are they are so well, they are so strong, they are so well provided for that they do not have any needs in that way or even in, a, in a spiritual ways as well. This is a reminder that those who receive should think of those that are giving, not as those that are just having plenty of giving but some of those that are maybe poorer and they have other needs as well as financial need. Of this, he knows this church. He knows those people. They are real uh, people to him. They are believers. They are souls precious 
to him. Because this letter is to a Gentile church, you will not find references to the Old Testament in it. It's a reminder to us of the uh, gospel that is sent to the Gentiles and those that were unfamiliar with the Old Testament. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Another shall that the apostle is persuaded in those things that had been done, had communicated, and really to summarise in this, really a a Christian, he prospers laying out. It is by giving and not hoarding up. It is by imparting to the needs of others that the blessings then come to him. And I believe uh, every one of the Lord's people will prove that as they walk out that. And we certainly uh, can testify to that. And the Apostle here uh, receiving this from Epaphroditus, from uh, the Philippians, he says it is an odour of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. It is fruits, it is the fruit of love, love to him, love to the ministry, love to the Lord Jesus Christ, inasmuch as ye have done it unto me, ye have done it unto, uh, as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. A cup of cold water in the name of a disciple. Verily he shall not lose his reward. So the Apostle speaks of his persuasion that God will supply the needs of the Philippians. He knows they have needs and he's persuaded that God will supply them. And I want then to look at this shell and look at this what the Apostle says to them must have been a great comfort to receive such a word from him and such an epistle. The first thing I bring before you is the supplier of our needs. The Apostle says it is my God, but my God. The second thing is what he shall supply, all your need. Not what we think we want, not what we would like sometimes, but what is our real need, all your need. And thirdly, the measure of supply. He says it is according to his riches, God's riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is the measure. So firstly, it is the supplier of our needs. My God, how good it is to trace our blessings up to God. Be able to look past a second cause, past the instruments that are used by God and to trace it as coming from God himself, the source. Every blessing comes to us through Jesus' precious blood, 
All the promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. But the Apostle doesn't just say God shall supply. He says my God. My God. Who? Who was Paul's God? You know throughout the scriptures and solemnly amongst the people of God they serve many gods. Even Solomon, what a solemn case that was, that he even made uh, those idols to other gods than the true and living God, for which cause the Lord uh, chastised him and divided his kingdom after he died. Israel had many times that they were reproved for going to other gods. We think of Mount Carmel, and the test between Baal and the true and the living God. We should never just pass over when we have a reference to God or to one's God to really see the the great blessing and the wonder that our God is the God of heaven and earth, the only true and living God, that there is none other gods beside him. And the Apostle Paul knew that the God that he had and the God that he served and the God that he preached and set forth was the true and living God. You know, those that serve idols, they could never say from personal experience that my God has supplied my needs or he has answered my prayers. Those at Mount Carmel could never testify to that. What a solemn thing to be deceived, but what a great thing to be able to say and maybe come in with Hannah, for this child I prayed, or to go with the Apostle Paul and say that once I was a blasphemer, And I hated the people of God, those that called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But my God, the God that met me on that Damascus road, that turned me into a new creature in Christ, that opened my eyes, that gave me to be a minister, an apostle to the Gentiles, that is the true and living God I have known I've handled, I've tasted of his power, I've seen his glory, I've received of his grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. And so he is well able to speak from his own experience. And remember we said of those here they had observed, they'd already heard of the apostle, they knew his testimony, they knew his path, They knew uh, how God had brought them out of that prison and how he used the, the word to the conversion of their own persons. My God. One of our hymns says, My God, my Father, blissful name, oh may I call thee mine, may I with sweet assurance claim a portion so divine. The Lord, when he ascended up into heaven, he says, I ascend unto my God and your God. 
my Father and your Father. And there is that joining together of our Lord and Saviour and his people and his people one to another uh, unto this true and living God. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be drawn. No man can come unto me, said our Lord, except the Father which sent me. Draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. We may well examine ourselves in this way. Do we have this God, the true and living God, as our God? And can we join with the Apostle when we may speak to others and be able to say, My God, my God shall do this, my God shall do that. There's another aspect here as well. We might be tempted to look at what the Lord has done for another and say, well, see what the Lord's done for them. He never do that for me. If the Philippians were like that, they would have heard the apostle in effect saying, he can, he will, he shall do that for you, the same as he's done for me. The blessings of the Lord, they uh, are not just held by one person but for the whole household and people of God. When I was exercised on the ministry, one of the temptations I went under for some time was the devil said, how can you preach to others and how can you set forth that our hearts by nature are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and testify as to the working of sin in the heart, how dare you think that any other have such a wicked, evil, deceitful heart as what you have and are capable of such abominations in your thoughts and affections as you have. How can you ever do that? And it stumbled me for quite a while until the Lord impressed this word on me, as in water, face answereth the face, so the heart of man to man. And another, he fashioneth all their hearts alike, not in sin, perfectly, but we are all fallen alike, and we all have the same heart. And as we partake in corruption and in the fall the same so God's children partake of Christ the same and the blessings that one has though they may differ in their measure and in their timing of things yet the same God supplies and divines as he wills to all the people of God and there's a real encouragement here. We think of the word covet earnestly, the best gifts. And what do we, we read of those best gifts that the people of God have? The gifts of faith and love and hope and grace. Uh, those, those gifts that come from the Lord. Where would we be if we could read the word of God, we could see the people of God but had no assurance no shells, 
that what another had received we could possibly receive. But if the people of God, if the Lord is their portion and heaven is their end, so that shall be ours as well. And so he says, my God. He's pointing to the one that revealed himself to him, that called him by grace, whom he knew and the Lord knew him. And I'm persuaded of this. And uh, he, he, he doesn't say here about your God. He says, but my God. But I believe that they're the same one as the other. You, you think of how the uh, epistle it begins. Again, he says in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. But he says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And he says that it is right for him to think this of them because the Lord has put them in his heart. And he, he testifies as to that work that God had done. It's a blessed thing, isn't it, when we can look upon another and we can really believe and feel that they are bound up with us in the bundle of life. Our God is their God, that we are one in the things of God. But as he's desiring that and setting before them the provision for them and they've looked upon him and seen what the Lord has done for him, he sets before them the supplier of their needs, the supplier of his needs and we may say the supplier of our needs as well. My God. May we be helped then in this first point to look past all of the second things and past the things that may all crowd around us and the needs themselves and see our Lord Jesus Christ, see our God and see our Lord at his right hand. Well secondly, what he shall supply that my God shall supply all your need. All your need. Not just some of it. All of it. There are many things that we think that we need, we want. We might even ask the Lord and wonder why we haven't been given them. But what a reminder in this text of the certainty of our need is supplied. What is necessary? What is needful? You think of our Lord in the house of Lazarus, Mary, Martha, uh, and there is Martha cumbered about with much serving, so busy. There is Mary sitting at the feet of our Lord and hearing his word. And she's, Martha is saying that, uh, bid my sister help me. And the Lord so lovingly reproving Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things. 
But one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that better part which shall not be taken away from her. How easy it is, even in the serving of the things of God, to get our priorities wrong. We're so busy serving, we're so busy doing, that we never sit at the feet of the Lord ourselves. We never hear his word. We never enjoy his company. Maybe some of us need a reset in that way. I believe one thing when the Lord will supply our needs, he'll bring us to cry unto him, he'll show us our need and cause us to ask him to supply that need. And some of us, where we can get so like Martha, it's very hard to stop. Very hard to sit still. We're so easy up and trying to to do things it applies in many many ways instead of praying first or spending that time with the lord we're more likely to be turning to the bible or doing some outward thing instead of seeking the lord first one thing is needful a close walk with the lord Fellowship with the Lord, drawing from his fullness, receiving of his grace, receiving strength from him, physically, mentally, spiritually, strengthened with might in the inner man, receiving the teaching and instructing from him. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Sometimes we can be so busy, we're not learning. We're slow learners often. And yet it is a promise that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and it is our need that we do and are taught and that we grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. We may have temporal needs, we do. And Paul here, he had his temporal needs relieved and uh, those at Philippi, they needed theirs relieved as well. But remember our Lord, he spoke about the anxious thoughts, what shall we eat, what shall we put on, wherewithal shall we be clothed. All these things do the Gentiles seek after, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's a good thing when we do have temporal needs that we do spread them before the Lord and bring them before the Lord and those are precious times when the Lord does supply that need, when he knows those things that we really do have need of. And though the love of money is the root of all evil, yet we do need money to be able to do those things that the Lord would have us to do often. There is a need in that way. We think of the Apostle, how he first came to Macedonia and was directed there. Two shut doors and then an open door. That was a need for him, wasn't it? Maybe a need with you, direction and guidance. 
Sometimes we overlook a shut door as a direction, but it is. And it is a need for us. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. How we need that need supplied. The needs of the people of God, temporal and spiritual, that they be fed like the children of Israel. They came into the wilderness They murmured at first, but they did need the bread from heaven, they did need the water, they did have the manna from heaven, they did drink of the spiritual rock that followed them, that rock was Christ, they also drank of the water that came out of the rock in a literal way. And the Lord did supply their need. Very often a thing to be remembered in this is the timing of the Lord's supply. You think of the woman, uh, the widow of Zarephath. Uh, Elijah had had his needs supplied during that famine at the brook Cherith and the ravens, they brought him flesh morning and evening. He drank of the brook. Then the brook dried up. Part of it was a miracle. Part of it was natural, you might say. And of course it dried up. There was no rain in the land. But then he was directed out of Israel to Zarephath, but there the widow woman, she only had a little meal and a little oil in the vessel, uh, not much supply there, but the Lord supplied that miracle. And Elijah said that, prepare for me first, and thus saith the Lord, that until the rain come upon the earth, the barrel of meal shall not waste, nor the cruise of oil fail. And he didn't. The wonderful miracle that was wrought. But how dependent they had to go from day to day. It was like with the manna as well. They couldn't hoard it up from one day to the next except over the Sabbath. And we are to be the same, dependent upon the Lord, uh, our needs that we have, It may be that his last moment it is given, it is supplied, and as we have that need, that is supplied. You think of a a family with the children, Uh, the parents don't give the children a supply for the whole week, and today you take that up to your bedroom and you just meet it out for the week. No, they come down each mealtime and the parents, they give them the food that they have prepared for them, and at the time uh, that they needed. And uh, our God is the same in that way. Shall supply all your need, not some. And so it's a reminder to us that those things we think that maybe we should have that are not supplied, that the Lord doesn't see it as yet as a need. We certainly, like the Apostle Paul to keep bringing our needs before the Lord when he had the thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him, his first thought was that, Lord, take it away. Take it away. But then the Lord said, No, my grace is sufficient for thee. The trial had to remain, the thorn had to remain, but he would be given grace to bear it. And so again, there's a reminder the way the Lord supplies the needs of his people is in sometimes a different way to what they thought it would be. I don't think the children of Israel, I know they couldn't 
have ever anticipated the manna from heaven, an unlooked for, unexpected way, and yet going right through the 40 years in the wilderness. It may be with you and with I as well. We, we feel needs in particular ways, but maybe looking for it to be supplied in a particular manner, but the Lord chooses not to do it in that way, or in some cases not at all, not seeing it as something that we really need at all, that for his work and for his purposes and his way we have all that we need. We don't need anything more. But you know, each one of God's people will have needs, and the Lord does it so that they are brought to him, so that they receive from him, and that those needs are supplied, and it is to God's honour and God's glory. May we be encouraged in prayer this morning, bring our needs before him, may we believe that he is able to do exceeding far above all that we can ask or think. Especially may we think that it is never on account of there being a lack of provision, might or power in the Lord. And that's why I want to look in the last point of the measure of supply, which the Apostle here says, it is according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, in a natural sense, if we were appointed to someone to supply all our needs, and we knew that they got not much money in the bank, they weren't very strong, and they're not really in much of a position to, to help us, we wouldn't be very strengthened and encouraged, would we? But if we were appointed to someone and they were perhaps a millionaire, they, they had uh, all finance at their fingertips, they had uh, a sway with many people, they knew many people to be able to get things done, they had ability, they had strength. Uh, really, we, we'd view them and think, well, there's everything that we need in them. There's a great store of provision. There's great ability there. And you bring that to the word of our text. You think of our God, that is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that none can stay his hand or say, What doest thou? that none can say it shall come to pass and the Lord does not command it to. You think of him, that though he is supplying the needs of sinners, yet it is that he has himself suffered, bled and died on Calvary's tree. He has purchased redemption for them. He has settled the debts that they owed. He has provided for them an eternal salvation and he has provided for them every spiritual blessing and provision that they need to get through this life to the Lord's honour and glory and to be brought safely to heaven in spite of self, in spite of Satan, in spite of the world, in spite of their own uh, evil sinful propensities kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. 
There's nothing that the Lord cannot do. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was said to Abraham and said to many of the people of God as they had impossibilities, difficulties before them. They're reminded of what the Lord was, what he was able to do. And here in our text, that supply of the need is according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God's dear children are chosen in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And if they are chosen in him, they are redeemed in him, they are uh, formed anew in him, then surely every blessing is provided in him as well. Those riches, that provision, every blessing and every favour comes to us through Jesus' precious blood. They are blood-bought blessings, blessings of grace, blessings of that peace of God, blessings of the love of God shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost, blessings of the food of which the Lord says in John 6, except ye eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, ye have no life in you. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. How vital is the need. You know we have said at the last days there shall be a famine not of bread or of water but of hearing the words of the Lord. And when we think of the letters to the churches in the Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The great need of every child of God is that open ear and to constantly be receiving the word of God. Their prayer will be, be not silent unto me, lest if thou be silent unto me, then I become like them that go down into the pit. The very mark of the sheep of God, my sheep they hear my voice and they follow me. The very mark of the new birth is that they have new eyes, new ears, new feet to walk in the ways of the Lord, a new love, loving the people of God and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. And that love is of God. That is supplied through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is not only the riches in glory, it gives glory to our Lord Jesus Christ in supplying this need, in giving this to his dear people. We know, of course, that he is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. He opened his hand. He satisfied the desire of every living thing. Paul says in Acts 17 to the men at Mars Hill, in him we live and move and have our being. Uh, He is the saviour of all men, especially of them that believe. Uh, we, We do not have several forces in this world one supplying the ungodly, another supplying God's children. No, every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no uh, changeableness nor shadow of turning. And it is with the Lord's people 
that they bless him for those blessings that are common grace blessings, but they also look for spiritual blessings, those blessings Paul speaks of when he writes to the Ephesians, spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When our eyes are open, when for a living soul, then we'll have needs for that soul. And may we be in health naturally, as we are in health spiritually, as John wishes those to whom he writes in his epistles. It's a great thing to be in spiritual health. And our health, our strength and every blessing, it comes in this way, from the riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What has been purchased at Calvary? What comes from his intercession? What comes from our advocate with the Father? I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter which will abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit was given in that way and we're exhorted to ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The measure of supply. May we come with those large petitions desiring great things of the Lord. Not satisfied with small things, giving thanks for small things, but asking, asking for more. But my God shall supply all your need. What is your need this morning? What is your burden upon your heart? Those things you've come to hear the word of God and, uh, and this has been all upon your thoughts today and uh, burdening you and you've come and may the Lord answer you in this way that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen.